to Life After Baby Loss, a podcast brought to you by Grace in Action. I'm Siobhan, Grace's mum, and together with David, Grace's dad, we'll be exploring life after loss. Hello, good evening, welcome to another episode of our mini pod fest. I've lost count now where we are, somewhere near the end, aren't we? Um, I'm Siobhan. I'm David. I'm, I'm Siobhan. Hi. I'm David. <laughs> good evening. Uh, today we are going to talk about mental health. Yeah. It's a big one, isn't it? So, yeah. You get pregnant, you're full of joy for what lies ahead, your baby dies and your mind breaks to a certain extent, uh, to a greater or lesser extent. Um, and from that moment, there's a huge journey. Do you know what? I think at the beginning, you think it's a big journey to get your mind back to what it was. And actually you have to come to terms with the fact that, and this is why people say the new normal, that you're in a completely new place now. You are mm. a completely different person. And it's not that just you are a person, you are becoming a new person because your mind is making itself over. So there's a long journey that's going on there and that affects your mental health in so many different ways. I, I reached a point now, six and a half years down the line, where I know this is something I'm going to be dealing with, if you like, for want of a better term, for the rest of my life. The change, the effect that Grace's death has had on me is so huge that I am going to be faced with the ramifications of it forever. And that takes a huge amount of energy. It takes a huge amount of strength and awareness and willingness to engage with it as well. Um, which I don't always want to do. And it really affects your mental health. Also, bear in mind, we're talking about, you know, you feel like you're a different person. This isn't a metaphor. This is actual. So... Oh, you're going to do your epi my epigenetic thing. Epigenetics. Um, I love talking about epigenetics. Epigen this is actually quite, in well, I think it's quite interesting. So epigenetic theory says that when you experience a, a trauma, it actually changes you on a chromosomal level, on a genetic level. Did, did you know that it's the same for major happy events as well, like marriage? Really? Yeah. Is that trauma as well? <laughs> yeah, that was more trauma. <laughs> was, like, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah. So and I remember Siobhan and I were leaving the hospital after Grace had died and we were holding hands and I was looking around and I looked to my left and I noticed Siobhan was looking around as well. And I went, it's all different, isn't it? She goes, it is. The colours are different. And it was weird to us that we both separately thought, why does everything look different? Mm. Now, I don't know. I'm surmising that this is a result of some chromosomal change within us. But the, the, we come back to this thing that uh, trauma causes a genetic change. It's not just that you feel different. You are different on a fundamental level. And your mind is doing flip-flops trying to recognise what that change is and how to cope with it and how to navigate, uh, how to navigate it. Mm. That's what's going That's why your head is a mess, because you're actually changed. Um, and I don't think I took... I think it took a year for me to take 
trauma, see the word trauma seriously in our situation. And this happened at the uh, an award ceremony I was at. I'd given, I'd, I'd won an award and I'd given an acceptance speech and it was all around baby loss. And this guy came up to me and he didn't say a word. He just looked at me and his eyes were a bit red. And I was like, okay, what's, what's going on here then? And um, he just lunged at me and just hugged me and he hugged me really tight. And my first thought was, he, he's really well built, this this chap. <laughs> like, but um, then he stepped back and he said, I'm a soldier. I've been on active duty in Afghan. I've held my friends in my arms as they've died and I couldn't deal with what you're dealing with. And it was like I would been given permission to go, oh, this, this trauma is real. Mm. It actually is trauma. And that mm. was the first time I accepted it, actually. It affected you quite badly. Like for about, I think, two weeks after that, I think you you were in quite a dark place. I think it was the fact that I'd won an award because my daughter had died. And I was like, well, what have I won? I had that human instinct to win and that was great. But then... One, because my daughter died. <laughs> um, and you just think, why, why? I don't know. It was really interesting place. Interesting. It was a dark place well, to you, be. Well, maybe you can say that now because you're out the other side of it. Mm. What do you do when you're in the middle of it, though? It's a really complex thing. It's a massive thing. It's a really big thing. Well, you know why it's complex? Because I don't think any mental health situation exists on its own. So when you're experiencing mm. the trauma of um, baby loss, all your other issues are going to get bundled up in there somehow. Yes, so when yes, you yes, go yes, for counselling yes. or something, how do you draw out that baby loss string when it suddenly gets wrapped up in all the other strings that, mm. that make up your issues? Mm. You know, nothing stands alone. And that just makes everything so much more complex. And of course, if you were already perhaps suffering with some mental health problems or challenges and, and then you experience the trauma of baby loss... I can see how that could mask the other things that are going on and make it very difficult to unpick things and maybe get appropriate help where you need it. Because, of course, you're expecting trauma. I would say particularly as a as a mental health professional, you're expecting someone to be traumatized. So maybe you're not looking for other things that might complicate the trauma or i don't know do you know what i mean yeah 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 i i feel like the trauma could mask things um i mean one of the major issues is the general state of mental health care and provision in this country unfortunately it's been squeezed more and more and more over the last period of time now and it's unconnected it's a postcode lottery it's... yeah we we know so many people who've had vastly different experiences uh, seeking help after their baby died and we have to recognize that we were extremely fortunate in the help yeah, and the care that really. we received very much so i mean we had uh, an immense amount of support from crews we had counseling together for mm. quite some time and we didn't have to wait that long we um, were really lucky actually we, we well after Alana was born, I suffered with some postnatal depression and I had had some therapy for that. Uh, I went to the GP and she referred me to a local uh, charity who provide that service in, in our area. And um, be because of that, I suppose, I think I was at greater risk of 
something, I suppose, after Grace died. I don't mm. know what, but that anyway, that meant that we we got put right to the front of the of the list, I think. Um and we got seen together and, and that that was absolutely incredible to have that support. Yeah, it really was. I, to, I, I dread to think actually what might have happened. On, on if my we thing hadn't had to men, because like, again, I think men, we tend to be quite, oh, well, you know, I'm all right. I'm all right, Jack. Um, mm-hmm. I only <laughs> went to support, I only went for counselling to support Siobhan. Mm. And after the first one, just like she asked me a question and I just answered and I kept going. And I could almost like this out of body experience where I could hear myself going, David, you, you just, you're still talking. You're still talking. And like on the way Someone home. Someone turned the tap on. And on the way home, I was like, you know what? I think I'll come with you next week. I didn't think I needed it. I didn't. No, and you spent more time talking than I did. I know. <laughs> um, well, although actually for me at that time, that was really helpful because we were talking all the time anyway, just between us. But then you were able to articulate things in sessions that I wasn't able to articulate outside of us at that time. And that was really great that you were able to do that for us. Um, as you have been in, in a very public way um, all the time, actually, which is which is really wonderful. I think, I mean, and, and again, for men, it's just worth thinking about because um, the suicide rate, 75% is men. Oh, so we all think, 75%. You know, so, you know we, think, oh. we think we're a rock. We're not. We're not. Stop pretending. Oh. Um, the other thing I think was interesting was the stat that says that the big, the second biggest killer in maternity for women is suicide. suicide. Imagine that. Suicide. Now we know that there's big problems around postnatal depression and we know that um, my belief is, and maybe someone can correct me, is that those figures come from women uh, in the fourth trimester who have a living child. I'm not sure we have the stats for people with dead children and what that suicide rate is or what influences that suicide rate. No, I don't know either. Um, if you know, please, please get in touch and tell well, us. We were really moved last year at mm. something called the Butterfly Awards um, when a woman we'd met there had committed suicide oh. and kind of really just rammed it home how some people don't make it through no, this journey. No, I, I think, do you know what the big thing for me is? I think the big takeaway, and I think we've said it already, is that the struggle is real. The trauma you're facing is real. The way you feel is valid. And I don't know, I was going to say go easy on yourself, but be forgiving of your attitude of Mm. where your head is because the word trauma is applicable. And don't be afraid to to seek help, I think. We just moaned about the the lack of provision, but there is support out there. You may have to go looking for it a little bit, but it is there. And actually the baby loss community... In general, we're trying really hard behind the scenes to sort of join things up a little bit and and be able to signpost people. I mean, we've had quite a few call outs where people have said, I've just heard of somebody whose baby's died in, you know, 
I don't know, mm. the Outer Hebrides. Does anyone know of a charity that's working in that area? And someone's gone, oh, yeah, I do contact so-and-so at that charity. There are, obviously, there are some some big national charities that you may have already heard of, but there are lots and lots and lots of smaller charities all doing really incredible, valuable Check work. Out, uh, a really a good one, a fairly uh, medium-sized one is Petals. Mm. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes and maybe if they can't help you, they might be able to signpost something in your area yeah we're trying to we're trying to get a one place where people can go to be signposted can't we mm. or, or a or a place where we can all look so we can find out because i can't hold everyone in my head no no there's so many people um, doing stuff out there not unless i've met you at the butterfly awards and you were wearing a particularly low-cut dress i might remember you then no seriously um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. This is one of this an example of one of the really stupid ass ways that David and I shore up our mental health. Is <laughs> just yeah, silly jokes frequently, especially from him. To be fair, um, yeah, we've laughed a lot, haven't we? Yeah, we've had to. That was one of the things I was really surprised about. Actually, so we, had, alongside counselling from Cruise, we also um, very quickly we went to our local Sands group. Um, and they were incredible, really incredible. The support, the, 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 like guys, high five to all of you. You're all amazing. And, um, yeah, that, that was really, really helpful for us to be there. And, um, and there was a lot of laughter in those monthly mm. meetings, wasn't there? And tea, I mean, you know what? Oh, tears. I think tears. whatever help you get has to be a reflection of real life and real life tears and laughter walk side by side I think so uh, that's what I strive for but I think some people think like support groups and things might be like really maudlin and really sort of like even more depressing or maybe not that helpful or um, what I would say is I, I would definitely try it and and also if you have the option maybe try more than one because you might find one works better for you than another and the biggest thing for me was actually not so much the talking but the listening being in a room with people who got it mm. and who get it people who knew what it felt like to have your entire world shifted from under your feet and to be lost and trying to figure out where you are, what's going on, what to do, how to cope with everything. Yeah, and it was really, really vital. What What's one thing you do to help with your grief and mental health? I don't hide it. I don't suppress it. Um, you've, done, you've written quite a lot, haven't you? blog posts yeah and... sometimes yeah sometimes i write sometimes do you know what if i feel it doesn't happen often these days but sometimes if it, it, it it's a heavy day and i'm feeling it and i can feel a sob coming from the guts of my soul i don't try and hold it back um i don't deny it i think you've got to let that out mm. um and it doesn't make you any less a person for doing that it doesn't make you weak it's kind of normal. I think the thing is, uh, so someone said um, post-traumatic stress disorder should just be called post-traumatic stress because it's not a disorder. It's normal to feel that stress. The problem then is people go, if it's normal, then 
you know, we don't need to worry about it. But that's not what that means. It means that there should be better provision because it should be understood that people are going to get post-traumatic stress. You're not odd for having it. I think that's the takeaway. You're not yeah. odd because yeah, you're yeah. suffering yeah. and you don't know what to do with yourself and you're yeah. struggling to get out of bed or whatever else. And you're not alone. And also, just because other people may feel the same way as you doesn't mean that you shouldn't seek help if you need help. Mm. Um, I wrote a poem about um, the mental health aspects of grief and I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes. Mm. So much more we could say, um, but for now, look after yourselves. Peace, love and strength.